Welcome to Cannon Fodder. This is the supplementary show to the 20-sided podcast all about world building and lore. This is an exercise in collaboration, improvisation, and storytelling where we build a world one piece at a time. And each week, our guest will determine which piece we will be building by spinning the wheel of world building. Topics can really be anything. Last week, we talked about currency. You know, we got real granular on making new forms of currency and how people interact with currency. But this week, who knows? We could be talking about board games. We could be talking about hopscotch. We could be talking about flora and fauna. We leave it all to the wheel. We love the wheel. We trust the wheel. We have a deep, abiding respect for the wheel. Uh, And remember, no matter what we come up with, no matter how crazy, we'll become canon within the Fractured Realms and within the 20-sided podcast itself. We have the fate of the world in our hands. But no pressure. It's going to be very fun. I'm very pleased to introduce today's guest. They are a writer, comedian, actor, improviser, multi-hyphenate, and just all-around really nice person. They're currently a writer on Rick and Morty, maybe you've heard of it, and have written for programs like The Tonight Show, It's Personal with Amy Hogart, Night of Too Many Stars, Comedy Knockout, where we first met. You might have seen them on screen in short films, comedy sketches all over the internet, in movies like The Night Of, or possibly in High Maintenance on HBO. Recently, they co-founded the Squirrel Comedy Theater, a nonprofit theater and school aimed at promoting inclusivity and accessibility in comedy, which if you're in the comedy scene, let me tell you, is a very vital thing to be happening. So thank you very much. Please welcome the incredible, the astounding, the very funny Alex Songshaw. Oh my welcome. God, Brian, thanks for having me. What an of intro. Course. I love having a big fun intro. <laughs> uh, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm, I'm well, I'm well. It's been, it's been a while since we talked. You're all the way, all the way on the West Coast now. I'm on the West Coast now. You're on the East Coast. Yeah. How how's how is it over there? You know, it's, we just had a nice nor'easter blow in. A whole bunch of rain all night. It was, it was lovely. I heard about that, but it looks very sunny where you are. Yeah, it's nice now. But last night it was just pouring oh, the whole man. night, which I like. It, that's like, a nice way to go to sleep. That's nice. It, it drizzled over here yesterday, and everybody was freaking out that it was a rainy day. <laughs> The city shut down. <laughs> let's let's uh let's get into it. Uh, you've played D and D a couple times before, right? Yes, I played D and D for the first time, uh, like right before the pandemic, and nice. then I think it was actually the last activity I did with a group of people before before um, lockdown. And, oh wow! And three of those people uh, got COVID two weeks later. Oh no! So you know, <laughs> you managed to avoid though. Yeah, I I think I managed to avoid it. Um, but it was a super spreader event, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Um, yeah. What uh, what was your not 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 to downplay the the COVID of it all? But uh, during oh, that session, everyone was okay. Yeah, <laughs> everyone was okay. It's it's all good. Um, uh, what what kind of character did you play for that session? Uh, I I played a fish type person who who had a dark past, and it turned out I had accidentally uh, murdered my my fish child. Oh jeez, um, you went you went deep dark. <laughs> yeah, that that was the backstory. Was that was that a first character? Like, was that your first ever character? Or yeah, was I that... think that was my first ever character. Wow, Mo- most people go like, oh, I'm a, you know a funny elf or something, and you went no <laughs> deep. Emotional catharsis. I don't know what I was going through in in February, March, twenty twenty, but that's what came out. (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, this is what D&D is for. Um, and then uh, other than D&D, what kind of other like fantasy or sci-fi things were you interested in either now or like when you were growing up? Is anything like, were there any major touchstones in your life uh, within these genres? I feel very uh, sci-fi adjacent my whole life. Like my mm -hmm. mom and my brother are super into to sci-fi and they like watch Star Trek together and um, they also watch the Great British Baking Show together and my mom refuses oh, to watch it just with me. Um, I love the Great British Bake Off <laughs> so much. I have only seen a couple wow. episodes, but that's uh, that's their thing together, uh, my mom and brother. Uh, and then obviously working on Rick and Morty, sur surrounded by, you know, the mm -hmm. top class sci-fi experts. And, I, and I'm just learning still. So that is really just the height of getting into sci-fi, sci-fi stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> very fun. Very cool. Why don't we go ahead and take a look at the wheel of world building? Take a look at the wheel and. Tell me, is there anything that you see that is especially jumping out at you as being something you're interested in, or maybe something that you're really hoping to not land on? <laughs> uh, I'm seeing celebrities, the shards, the mm -hmm. shimmer. The shimmer. Uh, that's very funny to me, the idea of uh, this world has celebrities right? that are made up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it, it's funny that in the past couple episodes, a lot of the questions that some of our guests ask for future guests have been about like, who is the boy band of this world? And so we've come up oh. with like, I think yeah, on this show, we've come up with like four different musical or like musical acts right now. That's amazing. I love that. Was the category different for those episodes, but it was just a bonus thing to come up with the boy bands? Yeah. At, at the end of the, uh, getting a little ahead of ourselves, but at, at the okay. at the end of the episode, we allow our guests to ask any question they want to know about the world, big or small, that our next guest will answer. Ooh, uh, I love so, that. So someone asked, what is the boy band? And we came up with, uh, I think it was the Assembled Lads, who are, who are like- oh, that's such a good name. Who are like a kind of- they're, de they're described as being like a on the scale of K-pop, but rather than like pop music, they are like choral arrangements plus like drone <laughs> metal. <laughs> it's a very strange amalgam of things, but they are huge in the sense that like BTS is worldwide. Oh my God, I love that. And then uh, you'll see on the wheel, there's also some like uh, kind of obscure names. Uh, that's the what we call the Wedge of Divinity. Uh, those are the nine main gods in the world. So if we land on those, we can kind of play around with who this God is, what they do, what their worshipers are like. Oh, I'm seeing some of the names. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Anything else jumping out at you? Bartle the Scrib Scribner? Bartle the Scribbler. Scribbler. Okay. The end is a little cut off there. It, uh, is, it is a lot of things after, on a very small wheel. That's after the short story, right? Bartleby? Yeah. There's a, a famous thing called... Uh, I honestly forget who it is. Is it Melville? It's Bartleby the, I the Scrivener. I think it's Melville. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, I'm just going to steal that and change two letters. <laughs> I love it. Bartle the Scribbler <laughs> is amazing. Uh, wild card taboos. Oh, that's interesting. We did talk about some taboos uh, with Julian Edward Williams when he was on. We talked about the taboos of the untethered cities, this kind of like Manhattan-like thing floating in the sky, mm -hmm. um, which got very, got very esoteric, kind of. Like it really, by the time we, and this is what I really like about the show, we talk about taboos, and it started out as something very granular, like the, they don't like holding on to possessions, like they like to be untethered. But that soon snowflake snowballs into, like, what does that mean for society? Like, what is the 
ethos and what are the values of the society based on this one taboo. It's really cool how these small things can ripple out and become whole of the really things. Cool. Yeah, you extrapolate of, I guess it is, if this is true, then what else is true? Right. I, this Really, the what I like about this podcast is I was able to build a, the very rough sketch of a world and then I'm just having like weekly writer's room meetings where other people oh, yeah. help me flesh out bits of it. I but love it, that. But it's cool. You get a very this weird hodgepodge of things. And I'm hoping kind of as we go, some of those dissident elements that people are creating, like one person might have this super serious holiday and one person has this like goofy tree. So mm-hmm. at some point they have to meet. And what right. does that look like? That's great. I mean, I feel like that is what real world holidays are like, right? Like this super serious event around like the the murder of a person. and But then it's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chocolate eggs. But now you get some eggs. <laughs> Here you go. Go go find the colorful things. Jesus died. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you know what? I think it's time to uh, spin that wheel. So I think it's time for the Wheel of World Building. Go ahead yes! and spin that wheel. Okay. Click to spin. I love the sound. Let me know what you get. Dreg Empire. You know what? My eyes did catch that earlier, and I was like, I won't say it out loud. The Dreg Empire. Hell yeah. What does that mean? Okay, so let me give you the very little we know currently about the Dreg Empire, and then we will build on top of it. Um, Okay. So there are three major continents in this world. They're roughly based on kind of elemental ideas. So there's Azore, which is very like air-based. It's mountainous. There is Veradun, which is very wooded, but also there's a desert. There's a large desert. And then there's Ceruya, which is a like flooded continent, very Mediterranean, Venetian. The Dreg Empire lives in the lowlands of Azore. So Azore is a very mountainous region. Uh, the shards of Azore are the mountains. And in like the kind of like creation myth almost of this world, there was a war of three great titans. Each of the titans kind of claimed a continent for themselves. Phoebe was the titan that took over Azore. And in order to protect their lands from the other titans and like prevent the other titans from coming and taking over their areas, there were what were called the three desecrations. Each of these titans like sundered the land to their will to make it more habitable for them and less habitable for their their foes. Phoebe's uh, desecration was creating what is called the wandering miasma. The wandering miasma is a like a noxious cloud of poisonous gas that wanders and like moves through the lowlands and the valleys of the shards of Azore. So like everything below, you know, a couple thousand feet high, like you've got to get pretty high in the mountains to escape this noxious cloud. The Dreg Empire is a civilization that has learned to live inside of this noxious cloud. So very, in my thinking of it, it was very um, Nausicaa in the Valley of the Wind. If you've seen that Hayao Miyazaki movie. Oh, you mm-hmm. should. It's great. Okay. But they're very much people who have learned to live with the lands. They are, the, the name was a, was given to them as a pejorative. Like they are the dregs of society. They know the, the mm. castaways that they have like since embraced. And they are one of the only, one of the two nations uh, that are not a part of the Twilight Assembly, which is like the United Nations of this world. Uh, and the only other thing we know about them is they are ruled by this figure known as the King of the Wastes. Mm-hmm. Not much is known about the King of the Wastes at this point. What 
that whether they are a king or whether they're male or female, what they look like, what their function in society is. We just know that this is a major figure. I'm fascinated by the king of the waste. I'm trying to think where we want to start. So the Drag Empire, I think where we should start is what does this society look like on kind of a broad level? So this, they're living in this noxious waste area uh, in like lowlands, in valleys. What does the general society look like? I mean, are they, do they mm-hmm. have cities? Are they nomadic? Are they, you know, is it like a more like oh, Bedouin like, culture where they're kind of like transitory and move about? Like big picture. Okay. Cause my first thought was, it feels so, my first thought was like, what do the people look like? We could start uh, there. Okay. Um, or like when you said, what do they look like? Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like since they live in this like no- noxious gas uh it's so easy to go like oh they're like hideous creatures or something but mm-hmm. what if this gas makes them the hottest the hottest <laughs> creatures in the land they're just so whatever that means to to this world but they're so hot they, <laughs> and they're so, hidden away so i almost think somehow like this gas almost like excites i want to say like pituitary glands or something so yeah, that yeah, you get yeah. like when you go through puberty and like sexual characteristics come out, you're getting the heightened aspects of all of those. Yes. They, they have too many hormones. <laughs> they are too hot. They're too hot. And then I guess we could go from there. What does a hot society look like? How did they build themselves? A, a question for you on that is have the people who live in this society, have they adapted to be able to like breathe in this noxious fume? Are they, Mm. Or, or, or are they using some kind of gas mask type apparatus? Like, I, what I'm thinking of is uh, Dune, where Dune, yes, they wear like I the still suits. That's very good, right? It's very good. Uh, it's, it's at very least long. It's, it's very long and it's, but it's, you know, it's pretty cool. It's very epic. Yeah. But they, they've, they haven't like, they can't naturally live in the desert, but they have adapted this suit to perfectly preserve like all of yes. their water. And that becomes a defining feature of the Fremen. Um, mm. Do you think these people either have they adapted physically, have they adapted by some kind of mechanism or, th- you know, thing that they have built out, or are they nomadic in like moving to avoid this cloud? Because it is mm. a wandering miasma. Okay. Well, what I'm thinking is they do they do wear some kind of apparatus, some kind of suit, and everybody assumes it's to uh, be able to breathe, but mm. actually they have adapted and they can breathe fine it's truly just so you're not constantly overwhelmed by the hotness <laughs> they have to they have to cover up love it uh okay uh, so so they can breathe without it so they can breathe without it but it's customary to to wear this suit this suit aspect is it a thing that it that creates like a unisex appearance hmm you know what i like that and, and, I, I, and also yeah. in that, does it, how much of identity does it take away? Like, do you really, what my question is, do I just see 50 people in these crazy suits or do I see Bill, Bob, George, and Fred in suits? Like, can I still identify people? Oh, interesting. Like via um, their face or via I feel, whatever characteristic? I feel like my ideal for this empire, or, and, and feel free to let me know your thoughts, is that they you can tell them apart. Like they're not a, 
everybody looks the same in the suits society, mm-hmm. but they do value collectivism and community. Okay. But everybody has their individuality too. Maybe they bedazzle the suits in a way to make it look uglier. Okay. So <laughs> is, cause I'm trying to think of, of a society where the flaw of the society is everyone is too attractive and like everyone's too <laughs> horny is like, ugliness or like being unattractive is that a ideal that you're aspiring towards like do people are people actually trying to like suppress those urges is that like a real problem in society i think they're trying trying to value ugliness maybe but it's not a real like like maybe it came out of uh, overpopulation was a was an issue Mm -hmm. because everybody was too hot so everybody was making more drag people (laughs) sure what are they called? What are the people called? It's just known as the Drag Empire. So actually, we can we can determine right now a oh yeah, what are they a called? name for Dragonites or whatever? Uh, what like Dragonites, uh, maybe Draggies for short. Draggies, yeah, sure. Because this is I, I did imagine, and you can you know this is your world at this point. So correct me if I'm wrong. I imagine <laughs> this as a just like mix of people wise, it is a, for lack of a better term, cosmopolitan society and that it's not, like it's not just humans, it's not just elves. This is like different people have found their ways here for different reasons. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Because like this was initially, you know, kind of the drag society, the outcasts of the world come here as a kind of a last resort type thing Mm -hmm. and find a community together. That's cool. Okay. So everybody is from different places, but so whatever their race is or whatever, like uh, once they're here, they become the hottest version of that. Yeah. Or is it only generational? Ooh. Like once you, once you're born here. I think I, I like, I like coming in and like having a change happen to you just cause that's like mm-hmm. dramatic in a sense. Yeah. I like that too. And it feels less um like birthery. <laughs> Yeah, that, that, there's something in there that feels <laughs> weird. But my, because I do still want this wandering miasma to be a, because it, it was like a desecration of land. It was a thing that, you know, polluted the air. So I do want it to have some kind of negative connotation too. So I don't want it to mm-hmm. just be like a hotness ray. <laughs> no, yeah, everybody would want to live in the in the dregs and that doesn't make sense even in the name. And I'm wondering, what is the, so the, the, the positive aspect of this is you become really hot. You become like an ideal version of yourself even. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What is, I, and this could be either a, something that physically happens to the land or like a, almost like mental repercussion of that. What is the, the other side of the coin? What is the negative of that? I'm trying to think like, does all these people come here, they, they get this boon of kind of like ideal personhood, at least physically. Mm-hmm. Is the land itself around them barren? Like, do they do they get this beautiful body and appearance and like, you know, mm-hmm, perfection mm-hmm. physically at the cost of having to live in a wasteland? Or is there some additional detrimental factor that comes with this physical idealism? Yeah, I feel like it has to be something that like far outweighs the hotness and maybe on a personal level, like mm-hmm. um, not just the land. Because otherwise, my first thought was like, oh, are you describing Arizona? Um, <laughs> <Ooh>. uh, 
We just lost all of our Arizona listeners. No, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I've, I've only been there on a layover. I'm sure. I'm sure it's lovely. And that's the desert's all... beautiful. It's more. I don't know the people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're trying to win people back with that. Your land <laughs> is saying... beautiful, but you, <laughs> woof. <laughs> okay, sorry, sorry. No, I know a few people from there who seem fine. <laughs> I love it. Maybe. Everybody just has horrifying nightmares every night as long as you live there. Okay, so you're you're stuck with this like crippling nightmare aspect. I what I, what I almost want it to be is a you are gifted. Like I I I want this to be a curse but with positive things. So with the nightmare aspect, mm. maybe something along the lines of you're gifted with your ideal, like whatever you see in your head is your ideal, that's what you become. Mhm. But the nightmare aspect of it is a like crippling, I don't want to say like self-doubt, but like, you know what your true form is and that is difficult to deal with. Like, you know that this was something that was granted to you and not earned necessarily or not real. Right, right. And maybe that's even what keeps people in the dragon because, because also the question is if you're having these crippling nightmares, why wouldn't you leave? Well, it's now that. You have, you have attained this perfection of self, so you are afraid of leaving because you might lose this perfection of self. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's like uh, your imposter syndrome, like, personified in your dreams. Ooh, okay. Tell me, tell me what you think about this. Just because you said imposter syndrome, it kind of, like, popped a thing in my mind. Uh-huh. What if this miasma almost made imposter syndrome manifest? So you, you get your true, beautiful self. I, you know what this actually is? I, I'm realizing now this is just a Rick and Morty episode. <laughs> this, is, is it? <laughs> this is like all the, the bad parts of yourself or what your like true form is also becomes real in this, in this area. And these like true forms of people are like walking around almost in like a zombie type movie mm. or something. You know what I mean? Like you attain your perfect form, but out there somewhere is your like true form walking around in this like zombie way. Oh, interesting. Now I feel like we don't need the suits anymore or the suits need to be different somehow to like make sense with. So are you two beings now? I don't know. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely throwing, like, I'm throwing fracture, a lot of things at the wall for you. You fracture into two and then like your ideal self exists. And then also not even like your, how you actually look or whatever, but like mm-hmm. the, the ugliest parts of yourself also exist in a, like, so it heightens in both directions. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I see what you mean. So like your ideal self comes out and then your, it, the antithesis like, of that, shame, all, yeah. all of your deepest uglinesses in all senses of the worm also come out. Mm-hmm. And then at night, uh, the two come together and, and you have horrifying nightmares. <laughs> Yeah, I got to think that like they come together and just the dissonance of those two things is just like, I mean, this is like a Freudian nightmare. Like, you you know, it's like a battle for your yourself every <laughs> every night, every night. Oh, this is terrifying. OK, yeah. Dragon Empire sounds terrible. <laughs> Dragon Empire is terrible. <laughs> oh, OK. There's so many mm. things. So let's let, I because th- I, I think we're going in a lot of different directions. Let's try to settle on one. So we definitely like the, the, the hotness aspect the, or this ideal self aspect. Mm-hmm. Do we want to have, do, do you want to have this duality imposter syndrome aspect or do you want to keep it with the like hotness 
aspect as its as its own thing, and then we can find a different um, negative aspect. No, I think I like this duality aspect, and and the hotness was just the the jumping off point, and now we okay, found. Cool. And now we found the the, the, meat the of core it. idea. Yeah, the meat of it. Okay, so in the Dreg Empire, the the two halves of your person do they essentially like in a Dreg Empire city or caravan or whatever village. Are both halves of those living in the same area, or are they separated? Like, right, are, really, our, I'm asking: Are there hot villages and ugly villages? <laughs> like, right, because like, yeah, clearly, if they both exist, then there's some like hierarchy in society, or like you're you're seeing both, or do you just see one? Hmm. Could there be an element of like they do both exist, but you can only see the hot people at a certain or like when you're a hot person at a certain time and then if you're an ugly one you only see the ugly and then at and then at night you see both so now we're almost getting into a like uh shrek thing where like princess fiona oh is hot during the day and then when the moon comes out she becomes an ogre that's funny yeah i'm trying to i think hmm. we're like we're circling around what it is and i'm not quite sure yet but we've got yeah that's not it mm. We've got the the ideal, the hot aspect. We've got the the ugly, the antithesis aspect. Yeah, they've got it. Really, I guess my my question is: Do they both exist in a physical form? Like, like could they essentially talk to each other? Mm-hmm. Like, do do you have to like live with your antithesis self and be confronted with that all the time, or is that antithesis self like a specter or a a transitory thing that comes in and out? Kind of like the, tr- the the specter. Okay, so you you, you I, like this this yeah. like change aspect. Yeah, or I think I just really don't like the idea of um, an ugly class. <laughs> sure, sure. I want them to be. I know I don't want, <laughs> but I don't know if the answer is now. I'm like I don't want them to be real. <laughs> They're just ghosts. <laughs> uh, you were going to be people, but yeah. now you're just not real. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what do What do you think? I like that. I, I like this kind of like ghostly transitory thing. Yeah, like they're haunting you more so than like they're not being taken care of or something. I don't know. Okay, so it is a, it is like a, yeah, a, a haunting essentially. Like each person in the Dragon Empire has their ideal self, but they are, and this is, it kind of goes back to your imposter syndrome thing where most people have imposter syndrome in their head. This is a physical manifestation that is like following you around in this like ghostly visage and like, making you remember what your true form is or what like the your worst fears of yourself are maybe it's even like it's like a it's like you wear it like a backpack they're just like on your back ooh okay and then can are do you are you the only person who sees your anti self or is it something that everybody sees i think just you okay because then you feel crazier do you think that this is this something that is like widely known or does everyone think that they're like going crazy? Oh, I love that. I didn't even think of that. That'd be so funny if nobody in this whole empire has ever admitted <laughs> to this. Right. Like everyone's just thinking they're crazy That's so or something. Funny. Like nobody has had a drunken moment or, or a sober moment where they're like, hey, man, I have to tell you there's something on my back. Uh, I just gotta oh. get it Literally off my say chest. someone like, there's something that's very creepy 
that I don't know where this is some like sci-fi media that I consumed at some point, just the idea of there's something on your back is like terrifying to me. <laughs> yeah. I'm imagining like, like maybe like a ghostly color, like, like a transparent, bright, like blue or whatever. But sure. yeah, just like kind of, kind of just like clawing onto your back. Oh my God. This is so creepy. <laughs> okay. So we have this. So I also, what do we want to call these specters or the things that are attached to people? Do they have mm. a name? Well, if, I guess if, if no if, one's if, ever yeah. talked about it with, an, with another person, maybe everybody has their own word for it. I want to come up with. But the, yeah, there's like a word that we, as the like uh, omniscient gods or whatever, know it's called. But I, I, every what, indigenous. What I almost, in, what I almost want it yeah. to be is um, it's, it's a word no one has spoken, like no one says it. But mm-hmm. if everyone were to at the same time say the word, they would all say the same word. Like it, it is like oh, primal and guttural. It's like, you know oh, like what that. it is, but no one's actually said it aloud. It's like Blue Lagoon where, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, like what? Where they, no one taught them, but they still knew human functions. What is Blue Lagoon? Uh, oh, it's a movie, I think from the 80s with Brick Shields. I don't know this one. Where it's like two kids get shipwrecked on an island and mm-hmm. there was an adult but he dies and so they grow up together i think my big takeaway from it is like oh they still learned like sex even though nobody taught that to them right it's like they, they still have, have a all baby. of the yeah instincts and ideas so i don't know if this was the best analogy <laughs> but yeah like uh everybody would say the same word i really like that do you know what this word is or, or is that like a, a thing you want to leave a mystery? I think we could come up with it. Uh, what okay. do you, what do so you think? So should on three, we, we both say the same word. Ooh. <laughs> it's it, not going to work. It, but if it does, hot <laughs> damn. Uh, okay, wait, let me think of a word. Okay. Is it, is it a real word or a, a new word? I'm going to, I'm going to come up with a new word. Okay. So we're both coming up with the same new word. No right. discussion. No okay. discussion. All right. Take, take 10 seconds. Think of some weird okay. fantasy, terrible sounds. Mm-hmm. Okay. I ha- sure. Okay. I have one. Okay. Okay. Three, two, two one. Krug. Oh, kind of close. Okay. okay. We're vowel. close. Kind of that guttural. Yeah. You said crawl. I said crawl. You said grug. I said Grug like if it was Greg, but with a U. <laughs> you know, like Greg, but with a U. You know, Grug. <laughs> Krug. Grug I like and Grug. Krull. I like both. It almost sounds, Krull also feels like, uh, like Nick Kroll, but with a U. That's true. <laughs> just, you know, like Greg Kroll, but with U. <laughs> I like Grug, Grug Kroll. Apparently U is the creepiest letter. We, we've determined that yeah, now. Yeah, it's like, uh, yeah. Uh. <laughs> With Grugs. <laughs> I like Grug. Grug's cool. Well, I like yours too. Can we combine them? Krug, Grol. I mean, it could be, it could be Krug Roll. Krug Roll. Krug Roll. Krug Roll. That's Krug-roll. good. It's two syllables. Yeah. Krug Roll. Yeah. I like that a lot. Okay. Krug-roll. It really, it really feels like a shiver. Yeah. Krug Roll. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Love it. Krug Roll. Okay. 
Krogrel. Krogrel are the creepy antithesis of your perfect self that literally mm-hmm. clings to your back. This is just the physical manifestation of imposter syndrome and of just like mm-hmm. all mental disorders. <laughs> really? Yes. All, yes. all negative A mental catch-all. energy is just yeah. physically on your back in the Dragon Empire. God, that's terrifying. Okay. <laughs> Let's expand on that idea just a little bit more and kind of draw out the society a little bit more. So you have this, uh, everyone is kind of their ideal selves. They're all dealing with this physical manifestation of their anxieties and terrors that just physically clings to them. What does that society do? Like, what does it look like? How does it operate? Or, or we can maybe even go up to the top. Like, what does the king of the wastes do? And what is their, what is their like relationship with the drag empire? Mm. Right. Who is the king of the wastes? And do they also have a Krug role or are they somehow different? Ooh, yeah. Or are they a Krug role? Yeah, I, I, I like that. Are they a Krug role? I think they could be without a host. Ooh, without a host. I, I do like the idea that like, yeah, if the host, if the ideal dies, the Krug role also dies. But this Krug role has just like somehow found a way to manifest itself in the world. Yeah. And if his like his like whole MO is like that's the key to setting yourself free is embracing your Krug role and your like worst ugliness. Okay, sure. I really like the idea of a the most negative aspect of yourself ruling and like becoming a beneficial part of you. Is that like just like I'm just like as a like story beat that's very fun. Um, mm-hmm. I guess, uh, so I guess first question is the king of the ways truly a king in the sense that we think of it, like, are they a, the head of the government or is this just a person or a Krugrol rather who is, mm-hmm. who has claimed this title and is like trying to actively change the way that people are seeing themselves? Oh, that's interesting. I don't know if this makes sense. Uh, to try to like work backwards to justify, but like mm-hmm. if they were democratically elected, um, it could be. Yeah, I think I'm just very drawn to like juxtapositions of like, oh, okay, the name strikes as very like it's a garbage king who probably like grabbed power. But what if? But what if? What if it was a very fair process? It was a very hard fought election. <laughs> the debates were well attended and well received. Hmm. Everybody cast a vote. There was no voter suppression. And, and um, when, the, when the king of the waste was elevated to like king, were they still a host with a Krugrug or were they already like manifest as a Krugrug? Oh, that's kind of fun. What if it was like, if it was like president, vice president, like the Krug, Krug role was just the vice president and then the president died. So oh, okay, sure. Now he he changed the title to King. (laughs) (laughs) So we have the, the Krug role as King of the Wastes actively trying Mm -hmm. to like change the people and like almost get them to say this word to like physically like accept the thing that's Mm. on their back. Does he know the word? Well, I guess everybody knows the word, but has he ever spoken the word? Why doesn't he just speak? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he can't talk. That's kind of fun. Yeah, but then how does he do anything? I could see him like still communicating. Like he could have some kind of like sign language or some kind of like you know, you know, mm. like pigeon hand motion type thing that he can do. So he, I would imagine this person could still Dune. communicate. 
but they would not be able to physically like grant the people the like the the thing that will set them free is like acknowledging this word. They can't physically say it. Oh, interesting. So they have to like lead their people to to acceptance and to discovery in their own way, essentially. Mm. We also can the people see him if they can't see each other's krug rolls and they've never acknowledged having one to another person. I would say no, but they, the King of the Waste takes on some kind of like costume or like decorate, like in the way the Pope wears, you know, the Pope hat and all the Pope <laughs> stuff. But like he, they take on like a crazy mask of some sort. Oh, uh, that's that interesting. Is, so do they just, so, the, oh, so they don't know what's underneath, but they definitely see a figure. Yeah, they, they see the figure in this like ceremonial dress. And mm-hmm. I'm almost thinking like, should, like the the Krugroll like reveal themselves, they won't see anything, and it won't it won't work to like awaken this question in them. Mm, it's like a reverse emp- uh, emperor's new clothes, where the clothes are visible and the emperor is not. Yes. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, his whole mission is to get people to to say it. We've gotten deep it. into the psyche of a nation here. <laughs> <laughs> deep into the psychological struggle of a nation. Mm. And I feel like the nature of this like nomadic, I do think it sounds like they'd be nomadic especially if it if if the cloud moves around. Mm-hmm. They don't sound like they have much government. I can see that where it's it is a like a a commune of sorts where everyone is they're in this kind of wasteland area where this fog has granted them this ideal self, but they have this, you know, terror of leaving, which is why they're mm-hmm. nomadic because they're trying, they're actually trying to stay within the wandering miasma rather mm-hmm. than trying to avoid it. Mm-hmm. I could see them, it, it becomes, it doesn't become competition based, it becomes uh, col- collaboration based. In the same way that, like, mm-hmm. I mean, in Dune, the Fremen are trying to like compete with a desert. And rather than trying mm-hmm. to compete with each other, they are trying to build a community together. Um, so I would mm-hmm. imagine it would be more democratic and collaborative. Interesting, yeah. So we've gotten deep into the psyche of this nation. Let's, yes. Let's do a couple of like quick physical attributes or like touchstones that people could see and like like visual aspects here. So I know I know we touched on the aspect of the suit. Mm-hmm. Is that something you still want to keep? This like kind of uh, unisex covering suit type thing. Or do you think uh, now that's I don't gone know away? because it sounds like they're proud of their hotness. It could be it could be to be able to breathe. I don't know. What do you think? I because I really like the idea of this miasma that is keeping them in. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is like for it's like forcing them to stay within this thing, and I kind of like that being like people come in there thinking they need a gas mask or whatever, and they get there mm-hmm. and like oh I can breathe, but then not realizing like they have essentially been cursed now. You know what I mean? Right. And I think something with the, like the, the Krug roll backpack, like could be related to the suit as well. Ooh, like, interesting. Ooh, I kind of like that where there's an aspect of their clothing that is a nod to this invisible entity that's on their back. Mm-hmm. I'm almost thinking like people wear, you know, a cardigan, but there is like one shoulder is always missing mm. because that's where your like Krug roll would sit. And that's just the fashion. Like, it's not really discussed. That's just like, oh, yeah, we all like that. (laughs) 
but it's this weird like subconscious nod to this entity that people are not responding to or they're not mm-hmm. recognizing. Yeah. I was picturing the Krogrel as like both shoulders on your Oh, you were thinking, okay, you're thinking both shoulders. It could be like parrot-like on one shoulder also. No, I like the both shoulders thing. I'm just like thinking- Like a vest? Or like, because I'm always picturing it as like, oh, something so to like separate yourself from it a little bit. Like, so they're not touching your skin, I guess. But I mean, I guess a shirt would suffice also. I see. Okay. Maybe- I'm almost thinking rather than a separation, it's a hiding of this aspect. Because like, if I'm thinking mm. of I'm my ideal self and I've got all my baggage literally on my back, I want to cover that. So maybe almost like, you know, billowy cape type things that you throw yeah. over top of this thing to hide it. I like that. But then would that reveal the form of the, like, would people be like, why, why is your cape lumpy? I don't think it's necessarily, in my head, these things are, specters like they don't really have a corporeal form and they might not even be like a full body on your back it might be like the body is inside you and just the hands are over top your shoulders or something oh yeah so okay so the clothing is just to hide the hands then it's to hide the hands but like it's also because they're not really super visible to other people it's more like just a mental thing of trying to hide it from yourself you know what i mean Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like i don't want to see this part of me I'm throwing on this cape or this, you know, trench coat type thing. Or uh, what's the word? Uh, poncho. It's funny if everyone wears a poncho. Everybody loves like a, a poncho. Ni- like a Niagara Falls type giant poncho. Oh, I was thinking uh, uh, Clint Eastwood, you know, Western uh, poncho. Oh, the different, different poncho. Different poncho. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's just wearing Niagara Falls branded ponchos. Like a plastic. Yeah, yeah. Made oh, of the oh, mist. Oh, made of the mist. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think the Canadian one is called the Hornblower. They have different oh, boat really? names. I think I've only been on the Maid of the Mist. I've Horn heard the Canadian the side's Hornblower. better, and I don't know. I yeah, it was. I I went like two summers ago. It was nice. It is cool. Hell yeah, I feel pretty good about that. Yeah. Wait. Okay. So which kind of poncho? I mean, you tell me. Okay. Well, I do like the Clint Eastwood one, but I'm inclined to go plastic poncho just because it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I get for asking comedians to build a world. <laughs> it's all about the punchline. <laughs> no, that's great. So we have built a society built on ideal hotness, but with deep physical, emotional baggage. Yeah. Emotional and baggage made we- manifest <laughs> and, and uh, plastic ponchos. <laughs> yep. That's their protective suit. <laughs> uh, and a, and a, uh, Inverse Emperor's New Clothes King. Mm-hmm. Very a beautiful fun. society. Beautiful society. It, but, but even within that, we've kind of stumbled backwards into the reason why they are not interested in joining the Twilight Assembly. Because they are loath to leave the, the Wandering Miasma, lest like their Krogrug and their real self like combine again. They just become their normal person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they're like held hostage by... By the by, their own minds a little. Yeah, it's interesting to have accidentally developed a society that is isolationist, but not out of like a hatred or a fear of the outside, but rather out of a like a fear of exiting. Like usually, it's a yeah. fear of people coming in rather than a fear of leaving. Uh, we kind of stumbled leaving, backwards a, into that. A, a fear of self, a hatred of self. 
Yeah. This is a really fucked up people we've come up with. <laughs> this is very, bad for them. <laughs> uh, very upsetting, but I love it. Before we move on to the lightning round, is there anything else you want to add? Any little tidbits you want to add to the Dreg Empire? Ooh, um, just as a little treat for themselves, they can buy a little like jewels to cinch the poncho together in the front. And that's the, like the one that's like a little bright spot in their day. That's their like their ornamentation. And is that a, <laughs> is that something that acts as well? Like a denotation of marriage or of coupling or of status, or is it just pure ornamentation? Ooh, uh, right. Cause I was like, it could very easily become like, what can you afford? And right. It, it could become a, a class thing. Yeah, no, I think it, they're, they're very abundant and, um, you could just find them on the street and, uh, it's just about decoration. It's just pure ornamentation. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I love it. Hell yeah. That's, that's the drag empire right there. Wow. Um, we have two segments on the show. One is the wheel of world building. The second is of course... Lightning round. This is the oh segment God. of the show where I ask a couple quick questions and we answer them fairly slowly. I love that description. It's I, I in my head when we first did this, I imagined it as being like rapid fire questions. And the first time we mm-hmm. did it, I was like, oh, that's never going to happen. That's really funny. Uh, but I have three questions. They're a little bit more broad. They're a little less concrete than the stuff that we just did. The first question is in the Dreg Empire, what is a rumor? that is currently going around. This could be a true, false, inflated, over-exaggerated, underplayed. What's a rumor that's going around? (laughs) Okay. Is this one of those first thought, best thought situations? First thought, best thought. (laughs) Go, go, go. Okay. Okay. The rumor is that, oh my God, did everybody hear that? um, I was almost going to say Paul, but that's just the name (laughs) from Dune. What's a different name? Uh, Did everyone hear that? Peter has like a thing on his back. <laughs> like everyone's just trying to pin like this one guy. I heard he has like this weird thing and like trying to be like, I don't, I don't have that. <laughs> I, this feels very, very teenage to me. It's like, like you, you know how to kiss a girl, right? It's like, Oh yeah. Yeah. I was just checking if you knew how to, how to kiss. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Uh, I, really, I don't have one of those, but. I really do like the idea that a, a revelation that will like fundamentally change society is coming from a place of teenage pubescence rather than like a true revelation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just it's rumor. just people being a little petty and insecure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Second question: Within the Drag Empire, what is the name of a person, and what is the most interesting thing or noteworthy thing about them? Could be a physical feature, could be a characteristic, a foible, anything. Okay. So we already got Peter in the rumor, but think think of a different name, uh, John John. Hell yeah, love a good love a good double name. <laughs> John John double name. Um, what was the second part of the question? What's the most interesting or noteworthy thing about them? They're the tallest person there, and everybody's pretty tall because the Drag Empire has deemed tallness to be hot. Sure. The Drag Empire analyzed Tinder. They realized everyone wanted six foot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, okay, we got it. I, I like the idea that even like dwarves who are normally like, you know, four feet, four and a half feet are like somehow five and a half feet here. They're just everyone. Yeah, yeah, everyone's yeah, five bumped and a half up feet. six feet uh-huh. uh, or six inches. Sorry. Love it. My third question is a two parter. 
At the end of every episode, we ask uh, each week's guest, what is a question they have about the world, big or small? Uh, last week, we had on Jenny Gustafson, and this is the question she had for you. In the way that television and the internet and streaming services are media for us in our world, mm-hmm. what is a type of media that they consume in this world? And does it differ by region or is there a universal sort of thing? So we're talking consumable entertainment media. What is a kind of a primary source of entertainment? For the whole world or just the Dreg Empire? Uh, You can go either way you want. Okay. Well, starting with the Dreg Empire, I think because like at night we've established that there's like a joining uh, with their Krug roll and, and these horrific nightmares that are like pretty epic and eventful, almost cinematic, uh, that during the day for entertainment, they just read like cereal boxes. They, they, just read, <laughs> they don't want anything scary. <laughs> so in, in the Dragon Empire, because they have these like truly epic level nightmares they just want yeah mundanity in the extreme yeah they read cereal boxes they read like the directions for shampoo uh like on shampoo bottles and and is ingredient lists is the like so say like i was a emmy award-winning shampoo bottle writer is oh my god (laughs) is it is it like are they super cool instructions or are they as dry as fucking possible there's dry yeah it's like if you if like you know, the tried and true is like squeeze a um, like a, a small portion onto your hand, like lather, rinse, repeat. The guy who wins the Emmy has managed to make it like even drier, even drier. And somehow, I guess, longer, like very a long tome of how to <laughs> how to use the shampoo. I really like the idea that like lather, rinse, repeat is like a truly epic like mantra of people like like that is the height of entertainment like whoever wrote that wrote Casablanca (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. also you know that's such a like a like cliche phrase too I guess and it's just now occurring to me like how many times do you have to repeat that I normally I just do it the one time I still stand by the quote from Lizzie McGuire (laughs) That, okay. That I, I forget the name, but the the hot guy that she likes comes in, and Lizzie's mom asks, uh, "Well, how do you get your hair so cool?" He goes, "Let me tell you. You know when it's on the bottle, it says lather, rinse, repeat." She's like, "Yeah." He goes, "I lather, I rinse, I don't repeat. They just put that on the bottle to make you buy more shampoo." Whoa. Okay, so they've already established the perfect joke. <laughs> For this. Lizzie McGuire, so circa 1998, uh, wow. lives in my head rent free. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I never really watched that show. I gotta watch it. You know, from my memory, it was good. I have no <laughs> idea if that is true. <laughs> okay, so that's for the Drag Empire. I don't know. I don't know if I know enough about the whole world to answer it for the world. I don't think it'll be related to the Drag answer at all. Mm-hmm. Man, Drag Empire is just a bummer place to be. It is it is yeah, a truly cursed civilization <laughs> from so many levels. But they don't know it. They don't quite know that it's so bad there. Yeah, because they I mean they've achieved an ideal self. And they want to <laughs> cling to that. Yeah, I mean, in the same way that like anyone would, if they achieve a perfection, 
of like physicality of like whatever you want to cling to that or you like have an idea that you should cling to that despite mm-hmm. all of the difficulties around and all the negative aspects around you but there's a reckoning that has to happen in this civilization yeah absolutely um if I, if I can answer for the rest of the world, I, mm-hmm. I kind of like the idea of um, being able to watch. I guess this, this is more the delivery s- s- uh, method of, of the streaming service rather than like the content. Mm-hmm. But I like the idea of like you cover your your eyes with your hands, like kind of in the, like a peekaboo way. Sure. But that's how people watch. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> so I like kinda, that. I, li- I like uh, there's yeah. like some wizard out there who has come up with some kind of weird bastardization of like a spell and people just use it for entertainment. Yeah, that's very fun. It, I, I also, it looks silly <laughs> in my head. I'm just thinking of like that in our world where it's just like people walking down the sidewalk with their hands covering their eyes as they're like, yeah, you know, the and equivalent then, like, of being the older- on your phone. <laughs> yeah, the older people are like, take your hands off your face. <laughs> Um, get, get your, yeah, cause I get your head like, out of your hands, kid. Yeah, get your head out of your hands. I feel like the the like more streamlined version would be like, oh, you close your eyes and the back of your eyelids, you can just watch stuff. But I kind of like the idea of like, no, it's like very incom- like it's supposedly convenient, but it it's actually pretty inconvenient to like put your hands on your face. I love. That's how you watch stuff. That's so <laughs> goofy. Awesome. Last question I have for you is. What is a question you have about the world, big or small, for our mm. next guest to answer? Okay. Okay. Hmm. Mm. Okay. I think I have one. Yeah. What do you got? So what is a superstition that occurs not just regionally, but across this entire world? And what do they believe will happen if you do the thing you're not supposed to do in the superstition? So it's very much like don't walk under a, a ladder, break a mirror, throw salt over your shoulder, that type of thing. Yeah, that type of thing. Uh, I love it. Uh, the answer is, I don't know. We're going to have to find out <laughs> next week. Before we get out of here, Alex, uh, anything you want to plug anywhere people can check you out, watch you if they want to see more of your stuff? Uh, I'm on social media, on Instagram and Twitter at Alex Song Shah. Uh, the Squirrel NYC does, uh, comedy shows and comedy classes, uh, both in person in New York and online. Yeah. And, um, (laughs) season seven of Rick and Morty will be out in two years. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, everybody. (laughs) Well, you know, season six will be out before that. I just didn't work on it. Oh, okay. Okay. Never mind. There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, it's not, I'm not announcing the release dates or anything. I'm just saying if you specifically want to see what I worked on, uh, hang tight. You're going to have to wait a little bit. <laughs> but you'll see more Rick and Morty before then. Huzzah. <laughs> and to steal a line from Walter Cronkite, that's the way it is, ladies and gentlemen. Load up all that lore, fire it directly into the Fractured Realms. That is all for this episode of Cannon Fodder. Again, if you want to see more of Alex, I'll post a bunch of links to their work in the show notes. And if you're interested in learning about comedy, taking a class, seeing a show, definitely check out the Squirrel Comedy Theater. Uh, I'll post links for that in the show notes as well. And as always, if you want to see all of today's world building put into action, check out our parent show, The 20-Sided Podcast. Season 2, Prisoners of the Static, is airing now. You can also find all 11 episodes of our first season titled Escape from the RMS Titanfall on all the podcasting services you imagine. So please check it out. It's a lot of fun. But for now, thanks for listening. Bye-bye!